With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there. Cole again. Uh, Postman Cole. It's been a month since my last entry, and I'm beginning to feel like the... I'm in some sort of dream. Not a dream of my own, of course, but maybe that of a kid's. An American kid daydreaming in the 80s in the backseat of a Corolla with his fingers leaving greasy marks upon partially rolled down windows as he watches farms fly by in his periphery. Yeah, two postmen. Postman Cole and Postman Tom, the kid thinks, as he takes a lick of his ice cream, splashing a bit of vanilla on the cracked, fake leather interior. Supernatural fighting duo. Oh, I just saw a sheep. Yeah, they fight a sheep. A sheep that's a man-monster. And he bites off Tom's arm. Oh, that's so gnarly, dude. Is that what they said in the 80s? Gnarly? Life sure would be easier if I was just a figment swirling around with the rest of the figments in the 80s. His kid's mind bubble, alongside daydreams of pinball machines, mullet haircuts, and synth music. But no. Of course... Here Tom would come, shattering all of my morning aspirations as he strolled into the post office with a dead man in a spacesuit. So, what happened was, my postage partner and another tall, lanky fellow with wiry, salt-and-peppered hair awkwardly carried his body by the wrists and ankles into our establishment at 8 a.m. Tom could only manage one wrist as he fumbled it into a nearby desk, probably because he was missing one himself. Heaviest body I ever carried, the tall man said. Hard with the, you know, astronaut suit and all that, he rasped abruptly, like spouting a gag from a sitcom. His voice sounded like it was sifting through coarse stones. He reminded me of Kramer from the comedy show I watched when I was younger. Yeah, tell me again that I'm not in an 80s kid's dream. Nightmare, maybe? Tom, uh, explain, I muttered. Sorry, Cole. He wiped his brow. I know you like your mornings. And so, we all crowded around the table and stared down at the dead guy in the suit. It wasn't quite space gear, but it looked like it covered his body in a complete seal. Almost. Great jagged scrapes were carved out of his lower side, leaving red blotches upon the matted iridescent fabric that was lathered over his skin. My name's Miles, tall guy said, and we shook hands. And Cole, I said. What the hell happened? Uh, Wolf probably got him. Miles was nodding erratically. He was sniffing in the air like a cokehead himself. Found him on the mountain. Yeah, a wolf or a big bear. Maybe it- No, I- I meant, who is he and why is he on the table bleeding out in our post office? Tom threw one palm and one stump to face up at the ceiling. I mean, I couldn't just take him to the hospital, man. They'd make me pay for the arm treatment. No, God. I pushed my hair back. Are we criminals now? Miles interjected. What? Think the police is gonna come knocking? Mr. Slimeballs for eyes and Detective Goo Face? He sniffed. 
My eyes bulged open even wider. Tom, you told him about the police station? The lanky guy's long fingers dug around the neck of the spacesuit helmet. Hope his head doesn't pop off with this thing, he tugged. I swung my arms wide in a cross shape. Okay, time out. Miles let go of the body and slinked back. He pulled out a long purple taffy and began chewing on it, disregarding the blood-encrusted fingernails of his that were close to his lips. Suit yourself, man, suit yourself. He nodded an uncomfortable number of nods. Got a bathroom around here? Door's damned at the moment. Could you try the building next door? I lied to him, grasping the cold metal toilet key in my coat pocket. The lanky man sniffled and made his way out of the front door. All right, Tom. Explain. Quickly. He opened the canvas of his open hand and began drawing with one finger as he mapped out his morning. We started here, top of my route. His pointing finger touched the base of his pinky. And here I see this guy, Miles, screaming bloody murder. He tapped his thumb before drawing to the tip. So I climbed up the hill with him, and there's this dead guy. Tom looked down at the table. We get to talking, and he kind of looks like one of the spacesuit-wearing gents, the one from those rumors spreading around town. They apparently patrol the hill with lights when the sun goes down, not letting anyone out a little. Why'd you bring him here? Miles told me that he wanted to sell the suit off to Macy's pawn shop, but I objected. He's worth more to us, Cole. I think, I think this body might be the first clue to getting out of this damn town. I was shaking my head. There's no way this lunatic gives up this gold mine and helps you carry him all the way down to the bay. What'd you pay him, Tom? He screwed up his face in painful grimace, like he just got a hefty bill at the restaurant. I promised I'd go with him to visit the edge. That's what he wanted in return. Tom was staring at the ground, almost ashamed. The edge of... He said quietly, words trickling out. A long-winded sigh came out of him. The flat earth, he mumbled. I was almost speechless. What did you just say? Okay, he may not be all there, but he's a good guy, man. There's a loud crash of things toppling over onto linoleum from behind the door. I started, did he jump to the bathroom window? Before I could scold Tom, he had already wrapped his fingers around the man's helmet and pulled it away as a distraction. It came away easily. The mask and wires slid from the iridescent turtleneck that once connected the neck of the suit to the helm. The man's lifeless pale skin looked like freshly laid concrete, frozen still. His golden hair flowed onto the table, onto the envelopes below, and his eyes... God, his eyes. They were still wide open and cloudy with an unseeing void only exclusive to the dead, the dying, and the blind. Looking up at us in our light bulbs, he was frozen with a terrified expression on his mug like... like we were a couple of dentists of death. There's gotta be something, Tom muttered, frustrated. He peeled the Velcro from one of the gloves and took it, turning it, inspecting every inch of the fabric. Some sort of identifier, a code, a phone number? After a while, I pried off a boot, too. Perhaps a company would be on the tongue. A NASA label, anything. I nodded to Tom. We find anything about this guy, then we find out why he was goose-guarding the hilltop. You know what? It was a good decision to bring him here, Tom. I'm sorry I yelled. Before long, the bathroom door flung open and hit the brick wall of the hall, and the wiry-haired guy that reeked of tobacco soon emerged triumphantly. 
Whoa, he shouted. Your toilet's friggin' amazing, man. Thank God it flushes clockwise. Don't bite, I chanted in my head. Don't bite. Why clockwise, I finally gave in. That's none of your fucking business, he snapped. Tom and I ended up resuming our examination of the suit, while the cokehead stood and watched us chewing his taffy. I've seen one of these before. The suits. Maya was smacking his lips as he spoke. We had similar outfits in the army. Tom and I turned our heads to him. Check inside the helmet, uh, below the visor. He nodded forward. I wrestled with the headpiece for a while, and appeared inside the cushioning just below the glass. In tiny text, barely legible, it was embroidered, Property of the Watchers. Turns out, Miles was resourceful after all. Just who are you, guy? He crumpled up his candy wrapper and tucked it into his pocket. He licked a couple sticky fingers before nonchalantly replying, Mayor! He sniffed. I'm definitely aware of the moral wrongdoings of burying a body in the dumpster. For the record, the idea was Tom's, and it was an action born of necessity. Doing wrong because you have no choice is one thing. See Miles dance like a robot in the guy's spacesuit minutes after we threw him in a pile of trash? Is a moral war crime. Did I believe this caricature cokehead was Little's mayor? No. Probably not. It was likely one of his own delusions. But the question remained, did we keep him around? He was certainly odd, but he had proved practical. And besides... Timothy had already blabbered on to Miles about the things that we had seen, despite the strange morning. We still had to retire our tinfoil hats and don our postman outfits by the afternoon. Things were changing in the small town. Odd pastimes and traditions were slowly being replaced by new and upgraded additions. Strange variations, almost as if inspired by an LSD trip. I noted an example. Frosby. What the hell was that? One may wonder. Well, there was a few kids playing a game of it in the park during my route. It was a pretty simple concept to get and begin playing, but I don't think their mothers would have approved. Since our taps had been spitting frozen water into our sinks over the past couple of months, they've also been dripping bees. Lovely, right? So why not let the near-frozen water collect in a deep plate until you have a frozen circle of bees? Pop the plate, let it break, then throw the ice frisbee back and forth until one of the kids drops a catch or try to give it to someone else before it begins to melt in the summer afternoon. Bam! Out go the screams. <laughs> Haha, gotcha! Now you're covered in extremely painful and swelling stings. Yeah, that's that's how it goes. Frosby. They might have been wasps, actually. Anyway, hopefully that was a good note to convey my point. A scary game that combines frisbee with hot potato. When things are so new and outlandish, the old is no longer fun. At least in the kids' eyes. Well, this town was changing, and I'm no longer sure if it was for the better. Tom, Miles, and I met up for pizza when our mailbags were empty. I turned to Miles before he placed the order at our table. Let me guess, Hawaiian pizza? He scrunched up his face. No, I'm not some sort of freak, Mr. Cole. We spoke over food for a while until we were done chewing. Tom was leaning back in his chair with a round belly of carbs. So, what's the plan? He said. Uh, well, I asked a few people around my route. No one's even heard of the Watchers. Might have to go ask at the top of Little tomorrow morning, Tom. Miles was shaking his head. No, no. 
I have a plan. He leaned in, one eyebrow raised up. One of us wears that suit, play patrol for a couple of hours, then make a run for it down the back of the mountain. If they kill people trying to leave town, like everybody's been saying, would they shoot one of their own? Tom's eyes lit up. That sounds like it might work. I'm not sure that it's getting shot we should be worried about. Remember the big jagged rips in the body? Something got to him out on the hill. I paused. And I thought for a while. I assume Miles. I've been meaning to ask, I said. He looked up at me. Are you... Are you really the mayor? He also thought for a while, maybe thinking if he should let the joke go on, play it off deadpan. Who knows? Yep. We all snort laughed. Even Miles. One of the waitresses made her way through the empty restaurant, never unlocking her gaze from mine until she was standing next to my shoulder. Excuse me, cold, is it? She asked. Tom winked and nudged me. I shook my head at him. Idiot. Yeah? Somebody's on the phone for you. Says it's urgent. I followed the lady to the back of the kitchen, while the guys at the table looked at me like I was getting dragged to detention. One of my hands held the curled old-school cord. With the other, I held the phone to my ear. Uh, hello? Cole speaking. Cole? A woman's voice was distant, crackling in the speaker. Uh, yeah? Who is this? Cole, please listen to me. We haven't spoken before, but I need you to pay attention. Follow what I'm saying. This information is going to save your life. I gave a side-eye to the waitress. Save my life? What are you talking about? Uh, I'm in a pizza place at the moment. Am I going to choke on something? No, Cole. It's about Dale. Dale? The man you threw in the dumpster. I swallowed my stomach. I could picture it in my mind's eye like a hot, glowing iron. Postman, falsely tried for murder at court for interfering with a corpse. My face plastered on newspapers with no one left to deliver them. I'm listening, I muttered, ushering the lady beside me for some privacy. Before sundown, you need to go back to the body and get it as far away from you and anything connected to you. That means the body and the suit. To be safe, I would wheel away the entire bin. I scoffed. Look, I don't know you, lady, but you know a lot about what went on this morning, so I'll, I'll keep an open mind. But why do we need to do all of this? They're coming, she quietly muttered. Who? The Watchers. They're going to come looking for him, at dark. Get going. The phone clicked off, and I hung it up. I stood there for a longer while than I should have, watching Tom and Miles chat through the doorway, obviously. The pizza shop worker approached me in a rush when she saw that I was done with the call. By the way... The waitress said, curling one of her locks of blonde hair. It's an honor you guys are having lunch here. Did he pick this place for lunch himself? I tilted my head to see what she was looking at inside the pizza joint. Honor? Did you... Did who pick this place? Who are you talking about? She gave a nod to our table. The mayor, silly. So yeah, there I was. Stuck with a tough choice to make, all thanks to the mystery lady on the phone. The further the sun disappeared below the horizon, the faster my heart began to race. 
We had reconvened at the post office not long after 7 p.m. in the evening when the sun had just gone down. Tom was still lugging around his pizza belly, trying to fasten one of the guns that we had found at the police station to his side. Miles, on the other hand, was chewing more of that same purple taffy. The guys were here with high spirits, ready to climb the hill with one of us wearing a suit to finally escape this twisted town. I didn't know how to tell them that we had to throw the spacesuit away. Or if that was even the right choice to make. But if I knew anything at all, it was that if they were really coming, they would have already started their descent into Little, the, I mean, the Watchers. I wish I could have stopped shaking my leg. Tom came to my side. Everything okay, Cole? Yeah, I'm just... Nervous? I uttered, my mind twisting and turning. Me too, he nodded, before settling for just resting the pistol on his mailbag instead of trying to attach it to his leg like some sort of secret agent. What was I to do? Wear the suit, climb the mountain, slip past the people bordering the town, we'd be free. I'd be able to fetch help, someone to unblock the highway tunnel, but what if they were already cascading down towards us, looking for their missing comrade? I mean, we'd be dead meat. Destroy the suit, pedal all evidence away from here. Our hands would be clean, but what if this is the only chance we ever got? And I tossed it all away because a stranger told me not to do it. Why won't my legs stop jiggling? There was a loud skidding from outside the post office that pulled our gaze like a magnet. Tom and I turned to spot Miles, who was dragging a huge dumpster a few meters from its resting place, grating ears screaming metal against concrete. He was attempting to drag it to the doors out front, revolting goop consisting of fish and rubbish and dead spacemen spilling out, coating the ground in a multicolored viscous slime. We would never financially recover from the amount of people that the stench ingrained on the ground was going to deter. Why the front door, man? I mean, why the front door? The last entry I noted in my journal had been talk about a gum from Mr. Jones's convenience store that made customers see into the future. I was beginning to put the pieces together. It hadn't been taffy that Miles had been munching on all day, after all. It was some grape-flavored chewing gum. And, and not just any gum, but Mr. Jones's brain-bursting bubble gum. I wouldn't have been surprised if Miles had foreseen what was going to happen to us if we didn't get Dale, his cursed suit, and the damn rubbish bin all the hell out of here. The side effect of seeing into the future, glowing eyes where there shouldn't be, more than two. But from what I could see, there was none on Miles. No, no, there, there it was. Popping out of the back of his head, as big as an apple staring at me, darting from left to right, peeking from underneath the baseball cap strap that practically held it in place like a seatbelt. Absolutely revolting. I think Tom saw it too. His globes looked like they were going to pop out of his skull. What the? I've seen some shit, my boys. Miles hawked as he turned around. Seen some shit. I could see by his face that Tom didn't know what was going on. Miles made the choice for me. Tom, we gotta roll this bin to the bay. What? Why? He muttered. Bad people are coming looking for this dead guy. We'll be next. Now help push. Tom tossed the nylon bag of the spacesuit gear into the dumpster. It unsettled something rancid, and the smell of rotten vegetables with a sprinkle of Dale's corpse stung in my nostrils. We huffed and puffed, all three of us, rolling the wheels of the dumpster at an awkward angle down the streets of Little towards the bay. Only illuminated by the weak streetlights, the night felt claustrophobic. 
We could feel them closing in. Somebody watch our six, I said under labored breath. Already on it, mate, said Miles. I gave a side eye to the pimple pupil on his head. All right. We kept going, pushing forward. A fear brewed in the back of my mind that we might struggle to keep it in our hands when going down the sloped highway. Hey, uh, do you guys see that? Tom asked. Up ahead, a bright white light began to paint and scan the concrete. A flashlight. From an alley, a gun-wielding astronaut freak stirred, aiming down sights. Get behind the dumpster! I yelled. We ducked. A bullet hit a chunk of the edge of the bin as a small spark cascaded onto the concrete. Tom was struggling to hold the momentum of our cover. The wheels were going too fast. It was slipping from his hands. Miles had a good grip with both, but not for long. Another shot cut the silent street in two. This time, the bullet lodged itself in one of the wheels and began spinning. I took the pistol from Tom's mailbag, aimed around the corner, and shot. Now, this was the first time I had fired a gun. I had shot a lamppost. Miles sighed. Soon enough, the bin was going to roll by the alley, and the watcher would have a free angle to shoot us in the side. I had to think quickly. Sweat was beating on my forehead, and I could feel my blood pulsing in the back of my neck. Flipping the safety on and tucking it away, I bolted from the bin. Where are you going? Miles screamed. Close to the ground, I scurried to the lamppost. It was pitch underneath. The bullet had smashed the light to shards of glass. I could see the watcher in the alley. Tunnel visioned on the speeding bin, ready for his next shot. Giving chase, I managed to slip behind him. His helmet turned to me, blue lights flickering in his visor. But it was already too late. I gripped him. He was wrapped by my elbow around his throat. Stop it! I screamed. And I managed to pull the dumpster to a halt. I tugged the suit man into the bin once his lights had faded. And limbs turned limp. Tom and Miles helped me hoist him into the bin. We pushed for a while. A long while. Till the reek of sweat was more pungent than what was in the bin. At the end of Crescent Street, Tom finally let it leave his grip, and the dumpster rolled down the hill. It span out of control, it hit a wheel against the curb, flipped into the air, before lastly bouncing into the water of the bay in a great waterfall. Clouds of seagulls flew into the horizon, and a cloud over the sparkling moon upon the water. Something told me that wasn't the last time we were going to be visited by the Watchers whoever they were. At that moment, I guess, I figured Mayor Miles wasn't so bad. Perhaps he could stick around a little longer and help us figure out this 80s kid's nightmare. Until next time, Postman Cole. Hey there kids, it's me, Mr. Creepypasta, and I wanted to tell you thanks so much for watching tonight's video or listening to tonight's episode of the podcast. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, if you could do me a quick little favor, hit that little <laughs> thumbs up, since there's no longer a thumbs down, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button and hit the bell, because we're required to say that now, by law. If you guys are listening on the podcast, then I don't exactly know how those work. But I think there's a follow button or a subscribe button or something like that to hit. And as always, I want to give a big thank you to all of my contributors on Patreon. You guys are the real MVP. You guys keep the lights on here. And allow me to do a whole bunch of cool things like exclusive stories that we're getting a lot more of now, honestly. So thank you guys so much for being a part of that. And as a very special thank you to all of the big skeleton patrons, such as Jordan Alexander Sanchez, Brian Ars, Bobby Carmen, Stephanie Butler, Tristan Pelton, Chance Burnett, Diana Krause, Masked Note, Rashad Collins, Joshua Molin, Zavium, 
Danfam, Matthew McNeese, Shelly J, Ben Spates, Anna Storm, Jeremy H, Raltazol, Nana, The Morgan, Diamondella, Melted Lake, Tully Sue, William King, Reaper 61167, Darth Miver, Michael Ortiz, Satanic Aries, I Soda Hatred, Nessie, Parafa Panda, Bardo Hawk 764, Melancholy Corpse, Ferb, Lambda M98, Harley, Billy Morrow, Sashi Sazaku, at Grizzly Olsen Pro, Caden the Spooky Boy, Zane Nightshade, My Body Sounds Like Rice Krispies, Lord of the Weebs, Jay, Miss Xandra, Suji Campbell, Stricken, Azarine Fox, Fried Chicken 12, Freddy Krueger, Michael Scarborough, Happy Birthday, Jason Wilson, Infernal One, Lisa Cottrell, Caspian, Jordan Nels, Hades Nephew, Tater Chip, Acid System, Prozac and Pancake Appreciation Society, Cryptic Nightmares, Kiri the Sloth, Tommy Green, Fester Lampshade, Sky Harbor, Nico Kyle, Raphael Rodriguez, The Ginger Bros, Aaron Stormcrow, Daniel Polson, Trace Miles, and Corey Kenshin. Thank you guys so much for being a part of Patreon, and for everybody who's down there in the description, and everybody who even contributes just $1 to patreon.com slash mrcreepypasta. And, as always, my friends, sweet dreams. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.